You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Hold one, arm drag. Don't tell me, fire everybody and welcome to hit the books the only weekly realistic fancy booking podcast in the known wwe sorry let me say it like how michael cold says it w hold on wwe universe he really hits those second b's those w w like he, no no wwe universe no one ever says it just like wwe because whenever you say w you you blow right past it but it's wwe yeah. The WWE Universe. Anyways, welcome to Hit the Books. Uh, every single week, we book our own versions of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, our own roster, all that, all that jazz. And at the end of every episode, you get to vote at home uh, over the weekend who you believe had the, presented the better card. Is it going to be me, Raw writer Ryan Knightsey? That's a lot of R's, if you think about it. The R, the triple R. Raw writer, that's not how you spell writer, anyways, but Raw writer Ryan Knightsey. And with me, as always, is the head writer of Friday Night Smackdown, Mikey Man. Freddie, Mikey, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to get into this. Uh, also, uh, I know people hate on Michael Cole a lot, but I actually don't mind Michael Cole's commentary. I think it's, I think he's great. Uh, I know he does like some, you know, it's boss time is the beam, right? The Michael but Cole-isms. Like, yeah, the Michael Cole isms like here and there obviously can get a little bit annoying, but doesn't everyone in WWE have their isms, right? Like mm-hmm. everyone has their their catchphrases and stuff. I so, think like I think it's on brand, and I think he's just been very good consistently throughout all the years he's been there. You know, I think Michael Cole is very strong, and I think he is probably one of the best commentators that they have right now. Which is not saying much because a lot of them are not good, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and I think Michael Cole is also like even better when there is some sort of chaos happening and, and he can be, you know, s- set it up perfectly. And he's the perfect play by play guy with Pat McAfee. Who's never done play by play commentary right now on SmackDown. Yeah. And also, yeah, yeah. If he's allowed free reign, you know, we've seen glimpses of when he gets free reign to do whatever. I mean, look at just like WrestleMania a little bit. Uh, he can nail it. He nails it. He's perfect. He's a great commentator. I think he would be like a very much like a Kevin Kelly esque type for New Japan if he was just allowed free reign. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I, but also, I say that with like you know, he's the best of the bunch, but the bunch is fairly crappy. <laughs> That's fair. I watch I watch NXT every week, Mikey, and boy howdy, that commentary on NXT is not good. Not good. A lot of so you I, so like. You kind of know this since we've done some, like, you know, play-by-play, quote-unquote, commentary for, like, our 2K outcome stuff, um, mm-hmm. which you can check it on YouTube. Um, count out. Podcast? Network? It's a count out. It's somewhere. Um, <laughs> uh, we've done, like, quote-unquote, some two play uh, 2K outcome play-by-play commentary. And you sort of know that, like, along with, like, watching other wrestling, that there's a little bit of, like, build to the finish of the match. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't. You start sort of like, okay, this is what's happening here. The facts. We start out here, and by the end of the match, you're trying to get like, oh my god, he just hit his finisher. A one, two. And like he's you're, you're bringing. Yeah, up the you're energy. trying to get. You're trying to follow the energy of the match, right? Yes. NXT is just at a nine the entire time. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's constantly at a nine, and it's constantly just like screaming at me, and that's oh boy, NXT. Um. Well, yeah. Besides, besides a little commentary talk, Mikey, how are you doing, my friend? How How's been your week? Anything new or exciting happening? Uh, yeah. You know, graduations, man. Uh, my sister just graduated college. My cousin just graduated college. Oh, that's awesome. 
yeah, everyone's graduating. It's uh, that time of year, and uh, what was this? You know, was exciting. this a twenty twenty one graduation, or was she a twenty twenty graduate that had her ceremony? No, twenty twenty one graduation. Okay, because yeah. I know a number of people are are doing that where it's there. Yeah, at. no, they graduated this like this year. Okay, well, congratulations. How was how? Because you and I are both at a school. How was uh? Been, you said, man, you said it's been a while since I've been out of school, and that's uh becoming scarily more apparent as twenty five approaches. Yes. Uh, how was school for her? Like, how was like Zoom schooling for her? Um, she wasn't into it. Um, no, like I, I don't think anyone really was. Uh, like my, both of my sisters had to come back from college and do online classes. Like my other sister was in uh, North Carolina, so it's just like. That was rough, mm-hmm. uh, especially like yeah. It's just college college classes online are rough, especially not being able to be there and be on campus. It's like such a big part of like the college experience that got taken away, and that sucks. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can't imagine. But what about like it, what about your your sister that just graduated high school? Like what? Because there's I to me I've been contemplating a lot about high well, school. No one just graduated high school, graduated college. My sister oh, my just did. oh my mistake. Okay. Well, no never, worries. No, then I'll never mind the question. <laughs> Um, okay, well, no, that's, yeah, no, the college experience is definitely, like, something that, that is, that is like, the whole purpose of college, I think. Like, the whole, mm-hmm. pur- like, you should, even if it's in the same state, you should try to get as far away as your rest of your family and be by yourself for as, as much as you can. Yeah, she, she actually did try that. She went to Rhode Island at first and uh, wasn't a fan of being away from home, so she ended up transferring to a college that was closer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I did the same thing. I started my first year in college in Manhattan College, which ironically is in the Bronx mm-hmm. um, uh, of New York. Uh, turns out, didn't like the college, didn't like the cold, didn't like the program, didn't like anything about it. So transferred over to Stevenson and in Maryland, which is where we met Mikey. Um, yes, but at the same, you know, at the same vein, there, like. You know, I, I like I. It, it's the thing of like, yeah, I would say try to get as far away as your family. But if you come back to the state, still try to get a little bit of the distance. Don't come home every weekend. I get it. Like if it's a financial thing about how you have to live at home or commute and all that stuff, I completely get that. But at the same time, if you're able to financially able to go do it, uh, I don't want. I'm not telling anyone to go get into hundreds of thousand dollars of debt. I'm just saying that like you know, it's it's its own experience. It is. I think one of the best ways to get out of your shell or not just your shell, but out of your, like your familial shell, like your, mm-hmm. like, like there, like there is. It feels like, it feels like it's a good way to like be, like you said, be on your own, break out of like that, that shell you've been in, like constantly being around family and being around other like-minded people and being able to like, I guess be yourself fully, you know? Yeah. Do you think, uh, I thought about this all the time when I was in college, whenever you were at college for however many long, and then you came back home for like Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, did you feel like you like settled back into pre-college, you know, living at home all the time, Mikey? When I came back? Yeah. When you came back no, home? No, absolutely not. It was, okay. uh, for me, I don't know for, for some people it might be different. Uh, but for me, it was definitely a rough transition back to being living at home because no, I, I'm just saying, absolutely... I'm just saying like, I'm just saying like you're at college, you're hanging out with all your friends and whatnot. And then you come home for like Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and come home okay. for Christmas. Did you feel like it was like, Oh, I'm back and like being the kid of the house, the uh, oldest kid in the house or whatever, you know what I mean? Not just like, Oh, I'm Mikey Manfredi doing English class. Yeah, it felt it felt like I it, it did feel like that. Like it felt like I was kind of coming home and like, you know, oh, I'm just a kid who's part of this family again. You know, I I don't know. I did I felt like I was not the same Mikey as I was in college. Yeah, no, I think about, I thought about that all the time. Where I was just like, because I was also in the, I'm on the middle child, so I like which already comes with its own uh, stigma. stigma. So it's like me going from college and being like, oh, Ryan's stepping out and he's doing his stuff. Yeah. He's strutting down the hallways. Uh, that's my theme song. Uh, <laughs> and then coming back and being like that middle child, uh, like I'll be like, well, I'm just sitting there and be like, why am I putting up with this BS? <laughs> what, is, yeah. what, is, what is happening? And I think maybe that's also like part of the adulting experience of, of coming back home and being like, it's it's uh it's it, it's it's that 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 it's that like feeling of coming home and being like oh 
now I need my own place. It, it gets you that like feeling of like now it's time for me to be on my own. You know, it's, it's that allegory of the cave uh, from from Plato and his philosophy. Yeah. Uh, I it's love- like after you saw the world outside, it's like you don't want to go back in the cave. Yeah, it's like what am I, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am yeah. I back in here? And you're like, I can go back outside. I want to uh, go out there where it's cool. Yeah, so it's like I think about that all the time. Uh, I think about that so much. Um, but besides college, besides high school, we've all talked about that. We've addressed all those things. Um, how do I transition into back into wrestling? Um, how the hell, Mikey? Mikey, what was? the biggest wrestling thing that you remember in college? Uh, it, oh, it, that's an easy one. It's got to be when me, you, and our, and our friend Jonathan uh, watched WrestleMania together in one of our apartments. We, uh, watched, we watched both WrestleManias, I believe. Yes. Not I remember both, there was one both, where but... it was all of us and then a few non a few friends who like kind of like wrestling, but not really. Yeah. And we're more there for the hangs. And then there was one where it was just like the three of us. I distinctly remember Royal Rumble, but uh, either Royal Rumble and filling out like the our like betting bracket sort of things and being like, Who's... oh, those are my those are my favorites. The little the little sheets with their faces on it. You see who is going to win. Yeah, those are my favorites. Th- those were so much fun being like, oh, who do we pick? And then because then it adds more stakes. I think it also helped like bring in like the casuals, <laughs> the, yeah. the for lack of a better word, uh, mm. that people are just like, oh, I'm just here watching and hanging out more. So. It helped bring them into the match because then they automatically root for someone that they just exactly. Based they, they're automatically face. like going for the person they they voted for, right? Even even if it was like someone ridiculous, you know? Yeah, even like, if like it's... like I think one of our friends said uh, Alexa Bliss was going to win the men's war the men's war rumble. <laughs> yes, which I believe the next year at the Royal Rumble, like Nia Jax was in the men's one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something crazy like that. I was like, man, I mean, he was kind of close. So, uh, not gonna lie, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I miss those times. I miss those times greatly. I just miss times seeing, watching stuff together with other people. Um, and I guess we're almost there. But, uh, speaking of, uh, wrestling, let's talk. See, we got there, Mikey. We got into the transition. Yeah, we got uh, there. We, we eventually get there. Uh, speaking of wrestling, let's talk about what we prepared for each, uh, for each, for each other on this great day. Um, like always, I write my own version of Raw, Mikey writes his own version of SmackDown, and, uh, I got a great card here, Mikey. I, I, I don't know if it's a great card. Maybe we should address what happened last week, uh, with last week's episode. Uh. Yeah, let's, let's, let's address that. Uh, <laughs> uh so we, I, I guess, I guess it didn't affect me too much because no. I didn't really start building towards Money in the Bank just yet. No. And this was going to be the episode where I started putting my foot on the gas toward Money in the Bank. Uh, but then WWE pulled the rug out from under us and went, nah, 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 you see Hell in a Cell is next. And we went, whoa, whoa, what? Excuse me? Uh, and Ryan, Ryan, you, I, I'm, I'm more interested in uh, how you dealt with this. Because like I said, my card, my card last week had n- no mention of Money in the Bank, not even once. You have no uh, idea. So I want to. I want to hear how you you dealt with this uh, issue because your card was so centered around uh, qualifying for this Money in the Bank ladder match that is now uh, happening much later than we expected. You have no idea how upset I was watching WrestleMania Backlash and seeing um, a promo package for Hell in a Cell play. Uh, I, I was more upset about that than the zombies. Uh <laughs> uh it was it was ridiculous i was like are you kidding me uh i hate that wwe does that too where they announced the pay-per-view during the previous pay-per-view and if you don't know folks i mean obviously it probably would have been obvious at the time but we recorded last week's episode before wrestlemania backlash so based on everything we assumed it was money in the bank uh, based on our history, based on like previous reports, and it turns out, Mikey, that it seems like that they decided to do Hell in a Cell now because they are planning to do the. Well, they already announced, I guess, uh, that they are returning to live events, uh, and I think it's at that SmackDown. They're returning. At, excuse me, I'm burping a lot. I apologize, folks. Um, so they're returning to live events, and that live event weekend, if I'm not mistaken, is going to be the Money in the Bank pay per view. So they chose to do Money in the Bank as the return to live event pay-per-view uh, for some reason. Um, 
I don't know why they switched. Maybe it's something about, you know, Hell in a Cell, Money in the Bank version. Maybe the Mo- Money in the Bank is technically one of the part of their big five pay-per-views, so maybe that's part of it. They wanted that to be like a momentous thing. Give Money in the Bank a little more cachet in, in the bank a, if you will. Um, but I was very upset, Mikey. Uh, when you say my entire car last week is built around it, it was basically yeah. my main event segment and then my and then matches for the next four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all got scrapped. I had a whole fun bit last week that that just got built and built up and burnt down like Seth Rollins was involved. Um, yeah, I'm upset. I'm upset, dude. I was not happy. I had a whole thing planned, and now I have to scrap it all and come up with something new. Obviously not scrap it all, because I had other stuff planned and whatnot, but now I gotta figure something out and plan around it. And I have. Yeah. I, I have I have thought of something. Uh, whether or not it's better, I guess, would be up to you at home. But at the very least... Uh, I have a, I have something to go by. If that makes sense, Mikey. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you figured it out. Yes, I I figured something out. I have at least come to a decision, and I guess let me tell you what the decision is, Mikey. Okay. Let's see what that. Let's hear it. Let's get to Monday night. Let's get right. You know what? Let's just get right into Monday Night Raw. Tell me all about it. Yes. Okay. So we're going to open up with Adam Pierce and Vince McMahon opening up Monday Night Raw. Okay. Okay. Uh, the entire locker room is watching backstage. Big, big opener. Big opener. We uh, got the we got the uh, the music hit. Mm-hmm. Uh no chance. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I was I'm hoping. Up, I was hoping to get the, the rest of it. I was hoping you go with the rest of the song, um, but yeah, I don't know the rest of the song. No, you don't. You heard. You just said no chance, and then that oh, was oh, it. No chance. That's what you got, and that's it. What about the chorus? You don't know the chorus? That's the the chorus is the one that the audience. I'm moving past this. We're moving past this. Adam Pierce and Vince McMahon opens up Raw. We see also the locker room is watching backstage. We sort of announce this as sort of a. Um, a uh what's what's the word it's sort of like a uh not necessarily state of the union but sort of like an update sort of like a a a huge announcement vince mcmahon's involved we're gonna pop the ratings or whatever uh pierce says that last week i announced the men and women's qualifying matches and after a uh informative meeting with vince mcmahon i was told the next pay-per-view is not money in the bank but rather hell in a cell so because of that, I must apologize to all of you in the WWE universe. On top of that, I must sadly also announce my resignation for my position within WWE. I made a mistake, and I must take my punishment, or so I've been told. Oh man, this is terrifying for Adam Pierce. <laughs> yeah, he may have screwed up last week. Are we going to hear the Vince McMahon line? <clears throat> no, Vince McMahon takes over. And he says that we must move into the future. With that, I am pleased to announce the new head of Monday Night Raw, Paul Heyman. Oh, I knew it was coming. And then Paul Heyman comes out to, I don't know, old ECW music. I don't even know what Paul Heyman's music is, if anything. Maybe he comes out to Roman's music. I don't know. That'd be fun. What comes out to One Nation music? Yeah. Uh, Heyman walks out and thanks Vince for fixing the issue and making the correct decision. Heyman goes on to announce that my first decision in power is going to be regarding the WWE Championship. Um, oh. Mm, oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Mikey, do you have an idea what that decision is going to be? For the WWE Championship? Yes. With Hell in a Cell coming up? Yes. Do you know your your Paul Heyman history in, in terms of the universe that I've constructed? My Paul Heyman history in terms of your universe. I don't think I know it enough to know what's about to happen. Okay, well then, you at long time listeners at home may remember. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the, I'm gonna be the uh, conduit for the audience here, okay. Ryan. What, what's, what's, what's Paul Heyman doing? It doesn't matter because Adam Pierce interrupts him and says, "Actually, I have an announcement regarding the WWE Championship as well. Uh, I know what your now- announcement is going to be, Paul. You were going to ban Keith Lee from ever challenging for the WWE Championship, right? You know, same thing you did with Roman last year. Well, I knew that was coming. You know, I made." So in the meantime, I made a match for one last time. I know he might not be ready to go by the pay-per-view, 
but we spoke privately and assured, and he assured me that he will be. So on the date, whatever date it is that Helen Sellers, Roman Reigns will have to defend his WWE Championship against Keith Lee inside Hell in a Cell. Nice. Cut backstage. There's cheering. Keith Lee is ecstatic. Heyman says that this is great and all, but I'm the new head of Raw and what I say goes. So it doesn't matter what decisions you made. I can just change them like that. Uh, Vince steps in. You know, I can just change them like that because, again, what I say goes. Vince steps in and says, no, Paul, what I say goes. And by the sound of the WWE Universe, uh, uh, what I, by the sounds of what the WWE Universe are saying, sounds like everyone else here wants to see it as well. So what's happening? If Keith Lee can make it completely safe. Now, let's get back on with the show. Nice. So there I we like, go. I like the way this starts. I love Paul Heyman in charge now. Uh, I love, I love this. I love the the way you used last week's announcement to play into Paul Heyman becoming the head of Raw. Mm-hmm. And now that Roman Reigns and One Nation are on the side <laughs> of the person who runs Raw, <laughs> this, things are going to get interesting yes it's a course correction mixed with a ginormous plot point that has huge ramifications and i'm glad you picked up on that it's not only paul Heyman who would probably be the easiest person to you know put up into that position if you're vince mcmahon on short notice uh but uh it's also oh boy that person has uh people in their corner so very inter- interesting. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going for. Uh, next up is the first match. It's going to be Bronson Reed and Jake Atlas taking on the team of Dijakovic and Murphy. Of course, if uh, Ruas in their corner. And it's going to be uh, Dijakovic and Murphy picking up the victory over Reed and Atlas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, All right. Of, easy peasy. Easy peasy. Sort of bringing it back from the street fight last week. Um and uh, yeah, getting the victory over Reed and Atlas, so sort of redemption them moment for them. Uh, I guess we'll see where they all all five of these guys go. Next up, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke are preparing for the next match when Angel Garza walks up with a rose Ooh. for each of them. Very nice. Uh, Garza says that he's a proposition for them. Uh, as you may know, we're, we were meant to be partners, Mandy, and if. Our destinies are to continue, then we will team up once more. <laughs> but before we get there, I want to ensure that you and I can win that match. So I propose to you two that we all work together. I think it's in the best interest. You all have a match coming up, and I know that you know the most beautiful women on the roster can win this match, but I can also scout your opponents, coach when need be, and help you all win for our future Mandy. And if we lose, you know, then I can be that shoulder to cry on. Uh, Dana Brooke pulls Mandy Rose aside and says, do you think this is a good idea? There's no idea if, you know, if you, uh, you two will team again, uh, for the money in the bank qualifiers, if you'll even be in it. Uh, Mandy says, who knows, but if he helps us win, is that such a bad thing? Plus he gave us roses and, you know, he's kind of, kind of cute. Uh, Dana Brooke, you know, sort of agrees and Mandy tells Garza that he can be in their corner tonight. Okay. All right. I like I like I like Angel Garza I like Angel Garza being like we were destined to be partners. It was fate that brought us together. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He's gonna play into it. Of course he is. That son of a bitch. Um, next up, we got a tag team match: Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke with Angel Garza taking on Anaya Jackson Tamina with Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke picking up the victory. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. I'm into it. And it's going to be one of those victories where Angel Garza does something dirty without anyone seeing it. Not even, you know, not Mandy Rose or Brooke, not even the ref. He just does something dirty uh, that uh, allows Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke to get the win. All right. I'm into it. Basically, I'm trying to ensure that it's Garza's heel, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke are still faces, and that's the dynamic. Gotcha. Um, next up, video package from Jeff Hardy, where he says that he heard what Edge had to say last week. And the thing is that he knows what he's saying is what he actually means. You know, I've been there. I don't believe the words coming out of your mouth, Edge. Because those aren't your words. They are Randy's. You know, he said those He said those things to try to get inside your mind to corrupt you from the inside out. Edge, please, you are better than that. Leave your past behind. Make amends and move forward. I am going to be in your corner. I am in your corner. You don't have to listen to Randy. Go talk to your friends. Go talk to your family. We know 
you can be better from this. Uh, don't listen to Randy Orton. Randy, speaking of you, I beat you at WrestleMania Backlash, and you're still trying to be in Edge's business. You're still trying to persuade him. Well, we are not finished. So next week, I want to face you in a Falls Count Anywhere match uh, in the main event of Raw next week. Falls Count Anywhere. That's that's a fun stipulation. Yes, a fun, interesting stipulation. Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton, Falls Count Anywhere. Yeah. Especially with uh, Jeff Hardy being... The daredevil he is, I'm sure he'll come up with some fun stuff for a false kind of anywhere match. Exactly. I'm also going to announce the main event tonight. Just make sure no screwdrivers go in those gauges because that was too much. Yes, of course. Uh, Going into, I should also announce the main event tonight, which is going to be a triple threat for the Raw Women's number one contendership match. All right. Uh, We got Asuka, Io Shirai, and Candice LeRae. Okay. Okay. I'm into it. Yes. Um, next up, though, we have Chad Gable versus Arturo Ruas, of course, mm-hmm. with Dijakovic Murphy in his corner, with Chad Gable picking up the win. All right. All right. Cool. Yes. The Chad, re- Gable, Chad Gable still still continuing that win streak here. Yes. Chad Gable returning. We haven't seen him in a while since WrestleMania. He's come back, gets the win. Uh, after the match, he cuts a promo, grabs the microphone, and says, It's been a while, but I'm back. And I'm not only back to compete, I'm back to win. I'm not only back to win, I'm back for gold. At WrestleMania, I beat one of the greatest wrestlers in our lifetime. But now I want one thing. Tommaso Ciampa, you and I have had beef before. But now I'm here to take and win the United States Championship. All right. Calling it out, baby. Calling All it right. out. Point, pointing, to the, pointing to the bleachers with the bat. Calling his shot. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, he's not going to be the only Babe Ruth at the home plate. He's also <laughs> going to be joined by Alistair Black, who comes out next and tells Gable that it's all well and good for him to be here wanting to go after the U.S. title. Here's the thing, Gable. That championship is mine, and I will refuse to allow you or anyone else capture it while I'm still breathing. Gable and Black know. look straight at each other. Gable tells Black that if it's a fight he wants, then it's a fight he will get. The two shake hands, and Gable pulls Black in and says, you know what? Let the better man win. There we go. Alistair Black and Chad Gable both wanting the U.S. title. But they aren't aren't the only ones. Now are they, Mikey? Because... Another another challenger for the U.S. title, you say? (laughs) I don't know if it's necessarily challengers, but definitely people that don't like their spotlight taken from them. Dijakovic, Murphy, and Ruas... Uh, I'll get up and attack Gable and Black from behind, and those three stand tall. Unbelievable. Just causing chaos. Causing chaos. Causing lots of uh, insanity to ensue. Uh, So there we go. That is how it's going to happen there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. For us there. Mikey, thoughts? I like it. I like it. I like this this new stable. Uh, You know, maybe we could call them something like Revenge or... I don't know. Uh, Retribution, maybe. Oh, wait. Retribution is honestly the name I'll probably go with them because that's the best name that would work with their entire theme. True, but it's like a better version of Retribution. Yeah, that's 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 the slight issue here. It's not T-Bar, Slapjack, and Mace. No, no, no. They get to keep their names. Um, I, 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 yeah, Retribution might have to be what it is because they need a name. There's too many people to come up with. They have to have a, some sort of stable name. Mm-hmm. I I just don't want to do retribution, but like because of the connotations of the real yeah life retribution yeah I, I don't want that I don't want Arturo Ruas to become uh fifth fight uh I don't want Murphy to become fifth uh uh sword <laughs> you know it, it, I don't want that but yeah. it's fist it's fist fight Aussie boy and uh T bar. Command a fist fight. Um, yeah, so that's that's that. Um, moving right along, we have the next match up here. It's going to be the Dirty Dogs taking on Lucha House Party with Lucha House Party getting the win. All right. All right. Big win for Lucha House Party over the Dirty Dogs. Yes. A little, little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a role here for Lucha House Party, if you will. Yeah. Um, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. 
you know, they got a win over LLC, kind of. Uh, Dirty Dogs got a win over... Technically. Yeah, technically. Dirty Dogs got a win over the LLC, and then Lucha House Party beat the Dirty Dogs. So, I'm not saying it could be... Maybe maybe titles are in the future for Lucha House Party. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Next up, we got a backstage segment with uh, One Nation in Paul Heyman's new office. Uh, One Nation sands Cruz into Zawa. Paul Heyman's, you know, pacing back and forth in front of his desk. Roman sitting in the desk. Champa's reading something over, reading like a contract over. Okay. Uh, Heyman is furious. You know, that's why he's pacing. He's furious about Pierce making that Hell in a Cell match. Obviously, he's upset about it. Obviously, he's upset. Obviously. That is not something he wanted to happen. Um, Cruz and Tozawa walk in late, and Heyman asks where they've been. And they say that they've taken care of some things. And they throw uh, Adam Pierce's necktie onto the desk. Uh, oh no! Yes, Cruz says that you know that they only meant to break one of his arms, but Tozawa got a little carried away. Oh uh, Jesus! Yeah, so there we go. Uh, Champa butts in, saying, you know, reading over the contract says that Keith Lee can only perform if he is medically cleared, which means that we just have to make sure that he doesn't make it to Hell in a Cell. Oh no. Um, so Rowan pipes in and says, this is what we're going to do. Again, Roman's sitting at the desk here, uh, still sitting. Uh, he says, next week, Paul, you're going to make a handicap match between us and Keith Lee. Can you three ensure that he doesn't make it? They all respond affirmatively. Roman then says, perfect. Then the table is set. Uh, and that is that. Man, uh, the one nation being able to basically call the shots now is terrifying. Yeah, it's, uh... It is the perfect long-term storytelling in my book mm-hmm. uh, of where One Nation started, the reasons Cruz and Tozawa wanted to fight, and you know, I was about to uh, like, it, like, like I was about to say, it's like that. We, the whole reason we put Cruz and Tozawa together and made them One Nation was because they were getting overlooked, right, by management, and now they basically are management. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. They. It, this is what the oh, year and a half, two years no coming. Longer. Oh now basically God. in charge of Raw. Yes, they they have done it. They have succeeded in their endeavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, big villains, big time villains. Uh, I love, I love, I love where one what we've done with One Nation. Uh, like this is like one of the the things I'm most proud of. Like this is one of the like there, there's a lot of there's like a few things that we've done that I'm, like, really proud of that we did. Like, I'm really proud of Drew McIntyre's run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really proud of uh, One Nation, especially. Like, there's a few things, like, in our universe that just, like, went right, you know? Yeah, they, they just they just work. And I yeah. and it's one of those things that's like, wow, that's that's good. That's good booking. That's enjoyable wrestling. And, yeah, the long-term storytelling. Like, One Nation, I think this is what, like... I think the Ruby Basler feud was another one. Oh, I love that feud as well. But the One Nation story is like what two years in the making, maybe at this point. And mm-hmm. it, I, I, I can think of maybe like at least another year more of stories to deal with them. Because obviously, you know, there's got to be the uh, them in power, which is going to take as long as that takes. Eventually, mm-hmm. it'll be one of those things where they, you know, someone either, has to dethrone them. Yeah, someone has to dethrone them, or they fall apart within, or whatever, whatever. And it's just like, oh, okay, that's a whole nother year of this. You could have One Nation, you know, this whole story of One Nation for like three, four, five years. Yeah, One Nation's longevity has just been like unbelievable since we put them together, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, but let's move on into the main event matchup, which, like I said, Mikey, is going to be the for the Raw Women's number one contendership. I like it. Of course, the Raw Women's champion Rhea Ripley is there on commentary watching the ma- action. Match is taking place. Asuka versus Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. And Mikey, would, wouldn't you have known it if I told you that the winner of this match is Io Shirai? Ooh, big win for Io. Yes, big win for Io. Uh, so yes, Io Shirai wins. She is the new number one contender uh, for the Raw Women's Championship. All right, all right. right. Let's. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what she does with that. Yes, and after the match, however... Liv Morgan comes out and jumps Io Shirai from behind. Uh, oh, no. Ripley runs in from commentary, but Morgan is able to slip out and escape. Okay. All right. Uh, Liv Morgan making making her statement. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and Rhea Ripley having none of it. Nope. No, no, no. Or uh, attempting to have none of it, but yeah. unsuccessful. 
And then that's Monday Night Raw for you, folks. That's everything. That's the uh, course correction from Money in the Bank to Hell in a Cell, uh, building up with whatever matches we got presented for us. Uh, I think I still have... I, I have three Raw matches now, one of which, of course, is a Hell in a Cell match, Mikey. I believe you still have the same number of matches, so that works out great for you. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, the course correction and, you know, heightening the feuds. That's, that's what we're all about here today. Yeah, any, yeah. Any thoughts, comments, questions, concerns? I I really loved... I think your pivot was basically flawless. I think you pivoted really well from building to Money in the Bank to building building to Hell in a Cell with this uh, with Vince McMahon being like, hey, Adam, you're out. Uh, Paul Heyman's in. And now, now you've built this uh, One Nation in Power storyline, which is going to be, I miss, which is which is probably going to lead to some crazy shenanigans that I am all about. Um, and I think I, like I said, I think you just pivoted really well, uh, in terms of building for money in the bank to immediately switching to having the switch on a dime to building to hell in a cell out of nowhere. I think you did really well with it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's definitely my goal. I feel like whenever you do like big pivots like that in stories or whatnot, you have to present the new story almost immediately. Mm -hmm. And you also almost have to have the new story to be more interesting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, like the immediately being like, Oh, Paul Heyman's in power. And then like after that, either during it or afterwards, you're then thinking to yourself and you had this thought during it, like, Oh shit, Paul Heyman's in power. That means oh, one nation's no. in power. That means basically Roman Reigns is in power. Yeah. And then start unraveling that thread of like, Oh shit. Uh, and where that can lead and what that means for, you know, the, all the baby faces and all everyone on Monday Night Raw moving forward. You know, is, is One Nation just going to dunk on all the baby faces? Are they just going to dunk on Keith Lee the entire time? Are they going to be fair? Or, you know, are they just going to bump dunk on the baby faces and be fair to the, the bad guys, the heels? Or are they going to dunk on everyone? I mean, they're One Nation after all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they should always be healed no matter what. So yeah. it's uh, intriguing to say the least. That's that's I'm I'm interested. I have a pivot. I'm interested. I still have the plans for the Money in the Bank stuff. Uh, it's just a matter of getting there. Um, so yeah, it's just you know just a matter of getting there. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. Once we do get there, uh, you'll 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 figure it out. Exactly, Rice. All right, Mikey. Uh, without further ado, uh, I want to know what happens on SmackDown this week. All right. Well. Over on Friday night, we got Sami Zayn coming to the ring to open up the show. Uh, he paces about, he paces around the ring, thinking about what he wants to say for a little while before finally lifting the mic and going, "You know what? You know what I find really funny? The fact that somehow, some way, after everything Kevin Owens has done to me in the past, you all still see me as the bad guy for what I did to him." How could you all possibly not understand that clearly Owens was once again trying to lure me into one of his stupid traps? He wanted me to let my guard down so I could so he could power bomb me or super kick me or stutter me or something like that. Kevin Owens doesn't have a singular bone in his body that knows how to feel remorse. All he cares about is this universal championship on my shoulder, and he'll stab everyone in the back if it means he gets to hold it again. So when he asked me if I regret what I did, my answer is absolutely not. I don't regret kicking you where the sun don't shine because Owens, I didn't do it. I didn't. If I didn't do it, you probably would have. And I'm sick and tired of you manipulating all these fans into thinking you're some new man who's turned a new leaf because I can see through all that bullshit. And you know what? From where I'm sitting at the top of this mountain, I'm not really worried about how far the fall is because, baby, I'm never falling. <laughs> Sami Zayn will be the greatest universal champion of all time and if Kevin Owens wants to stop me, he's going to have to rip this title from my cold, dead hands. Because as long as I'm still kicking, Kevin Owens will never be Universal Champion again. Great. Perfect promo. Perfect promo. You set up exactly the idea that, like, that, you know, this this delusional Sami Zayn is coming weirdly from a place of truth. Like, he has, like, the seed of truth, but he's just misinterpreting it slightly and then spiraling out of control in this delusional conspiracy theory against him. And then he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't have fallen. I'm the, the greatest champion ever. And all this stuff, like, he, he sort of, it, but it also makes you think, like, well, he's kind of, like, maybe even proved that a little bit. 
I don't know. It's just like, oh man, this guy is crazy. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. Oh man, great promo. I loved it. Thank you. I I when I dude, when I was writing this one, I was absolutely feeling it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could tell. So after after that show opener, we got match number one to open up the show. We got Bianca Belair taking on Carmella. Uh, and Ooh. in this one, Carmella gets the victory when she rolls up Belair and puts her feet on the ropes to get the victory. There we go. Upset victory for Carmella. Ups- upset victory for Carmella, but also a little bit of a, a little bit of a dirty pin here. Maybe maybe not the end of these two fighting. You know. Look, uh, Carmella, Carmella has to do something dirty to get a win here. I, I honestly, it's yeah. She is the quote unquote underdog in this one, so she's kind of mm-hmm. have to play a little dirty. Yeah. Uh, after that first match, we have a backstage interview with the Street Profits about last week's match with Authentic. Dawkins starts off and says, well, clearly the match didn't go like we planned it. Sometimes that happens, you know? Can't win them all. But the thing, is, but the thing is, losing was 100% on us. We underestimated the fight Authentic was willing to bring, and it cost us big time. Montez Ford steps in and says, so that brings us to our next point. Authentic, we want a rematch with you next week. This time, we'll both be fully prepared for what's to come, and we won't lose twice. So meet us in the ring next week if you want to prove how much fight you actually got in you, because we want the smoke. And the Street Profits walk off. There we go. Solid promo from the Street Profits. Solid promo from Dawkins and Ford. Mm Mm-hmm. After that, we got match number two. We got Karrion Cross taking on Elias, with uh, Karrion Cross getting the victory. Who could have guessed uh, it? Elias who could have guessed it? Carrying Cross beating Elias. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Carrying Cross after the match goes to beat down Elias, but as he does, the lights go out, and then when they come back on, we hear a familiar music, which leads right into our video package. It's uh, King Corbin. Music it's is King, none other. It's King Corbin. He's saving. What? He's saving Elias. It's King Corbin. <laughs> No, uh, that because that video package, the, the familiar, the familiar music we hear is none other than the Firefly Funhouse music. Uh, the Firefly Funhouse music hits, and Bray and Braun are standing in the Funhouse, and Bray says, "Hello, my Fireflies. It's been a long time since we've seen each other last. I've missed you all so much. And today we have a really fun time planned for all of you. Isn't that right, Braun?" Braun nods without changing his terrifying expression, like at all. Uh, and, Br- and Bray goes, great, then let's get started. Today we're going to, uh, then Bray gets cut off by Huskus the Pig and Ramblin' Rabbit having an argument. He goes to check out what's happening, and as he gets, and as he gets there, we see Huskus the Pig shove Ramblin' Rabbit to the ground, and Bray says, hey, 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 what's going on here? Huskus says, he called me mean names and made me angry, so I pushed him to show him how angry I was. And now, and, uh, Bray says, Rabbit, is that true? Rabbit nods and says, I was just joking around with him. I didn't mean to hurt his feelings. And Bray says, just because you didn't mean to harm, just because you didn't mean to harm doesn't mean you didn't cause any harm. There's no need to be mean to people or hurt people's feelings, Rabbit. And Huskus, you can't just go around hurting people who make you hang- angry. That's not how we do things. Understand? Rabbit and Huskus nod to Bray and he says, good. Now go back to being friends and no more of that mean-spirited stuff. Huskus and Rabbit run off, and Bray says, well, it looks like we got an impromptu lesson about how calling someone names can be very, very mean, and how if you respond with even more anger and hostility, it makes the situation worse. Bray's face gets a little more serious, and he says, I think we all know someone in particular who needs to hear that lesson. Carrying Cross, you're the kind of person who responds to most situations with anger and hostility. And, unfortunately... I know that lesson. I know that my lesson from today is going to fall on deaf ears, no matter how much I say it. You'll just keep beating up anyone who looks at you the wrong way. So for you, for you, I have a special friend who would like to teach you a lesson in a way you might better understand it. Bray puts his hurt hand to his ear, uh, and he says, "Cross, my friend says he has the perfect idea. He wants to teach you a le- he wants to teach you our lesson today in a way." that both of you might understand inside hell in a cell. Bum, bum. If you care to accept if you care to accept his offer, all you have to do is let me in. Bray's face changes back to Chipper and old uh Chipper old Bray and he says, "Bye-bye." And the Firefly Funhouse music hits again. 
There we go. There we go. Quite eventful uh, moment there. We got the return of Kieran Cross plus the return of Braun and the Fiend, rather, I guess, Wyatt. So, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, it's Kieran Cross versus the Fiend uh, is the planned matchup to be at Hell in a Cell. Yes, Karrion Cross versus the Fiend is the planned Hell in a Cell match. Ah, uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I was, I was, wa- I was waffling between uh, Sami Zayn and Owens being the Hell in a Cell or this being the Hell in a Cell, and I think I went with this because it has a little. Not, not I guess not more history because Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have been fighting forever. Um, but I think I think I think Cross and uh, Strowman and Wyatt have had more of like a violent past. And I think that the culmination of Hell in a Cell works better for them. Mm-hmm. Also, it would have been good to do... Sa- now I'm thinking about it, it also would have been good to do Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens Hell in a Cell because Sa- uh, Hell in a Cell is where Sami Zayn won the Universal title. But I still think that uh, Cross Cross Fiend uh, is the better Hell in a Cell match here. Uh, yeah. Did Kevin Owens win the Universal title in Hell in a Cell? I no, thought he... I- no, Sami Zayn did. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I see what you're saying because that that would have been uh, not necessarily two a year in the making, but pay per view to pay per view, pay per view uh, to pay per view. Yeah, because yeah. at the last Hell in a Cell is when he cashed in and won the title. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, you could go either way. I feel like that's one of those decisions that's like, oh, hot damn, this could be decided either way. I think the better call is the Kieran Cross Fiend match. Because I think that match needs the Hell in a Cell stipulation more, not just maybe because it's more violent, but because if you need, I mean, both, if you had like a one match card and you need to either draw with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the title or Karrion Cross versus The Fiend and no, no Hell in a Cell, obviously the drawing match is the universal title match. Adding the Hell in a mm-hmm. Cell stipulation makes that match instantly more interesting. So it's like, if you just did Cross and the Fiend, then it's just Cross and the Fiend. But if it's Cross versus Fiend in the Hell in a Cell match, then it's like, oh, this is a bigger deal. Does that make sense? Yeah, I got you. It adds more to that match than it would have to the Universal title match. Even though I, I do agree that there is the history there. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it's like you said, right? Like either either way, cross uh, Zane and Owens has it has that immediate like, oh yeah, I'm watching this match, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think the story is there. And even then, I mean, you could do like other stipulations at Hell in a Cell to make their match even more interesting if you feel like it. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you can't do like a Hell in a Cell match or like a steel cage or like, you know. But you can do something, you know, something that would, uh, you know. Uh, be intriguing or whatever uh, mm-hmm. for there if if that is the case if that's what you're willing to go to all right uh well after that vi- uh video package we got match number three we got alexa bliss with nikki cross taking on charlotte flair with natalia uh, a reversal of the match from a couple weeks ago where cross uh took on natalia and ended up winning mm-hmm. uh with a roll-up yes uh and in this one, Charlotte Flair does pick up the victory over Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after the match, Flair and Natalia beat down Cross and Bl- Bliss and grab mics. Flair says, "You see, you see how out of your league you are. You see why you can't step up to the women's tag team champions. Natalia and I are on a completely different level than anyone in this women's division, and that's why we're the ones holding these titles. If you want to come for us, you're going to have to try way harder than this." She points back at Bliss and Cross, who were on the floor. Consider them a message to all the women in the lock. And before she can finish her sentence, she gets cut off when Bliss grabs her leg and trips her up uh, mid-sentence, and Cross goes after Natalia. Uh, Bliss and Cross wail on Flair and Natalia until Flair and Natalia eventually break free and head out of the ring while Bliss and Cross stand tall in the ring. Uh, Bliss and Cross keep being like, come on back in, we want more fight. But of course, Flair and Natalia uh, nod into it, and they are uh, backing off. Very nice. I really like that segment. It was very simple, very you know simple and easy. Um, you know, I, I, looking back on it, knowing that this is what you're going with, that I almost would love to have the the matches flipped to have like the Bliss mm-hmm. Flair match last week and then the Nikki Cross one this week. Okay, but but like I like that story. I like that 
you beat Bliss and then you do the inversion of like, oh yeah, we're not going after them. We don't this they're nothing. And then, you know, they come out or you no, know, whoever I, you you're suspecting new challengers to come out or whatever, but mm-hmm. flipping on his head and be like, Oh no, we're not done. We can do this and then yeah. uh, beating down them down. I like that a lot. I think that was what I was going for, right? Like the hey, don't you like don't you dare overlook us just yet, right? Like just because you beat one of us doesn't mean you could beat both of us. Exactly, exactly. And then that's also why I say like it almost would have worked better if the cross match was cross victory was here this week. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, that makes sense. Uh, but I like that. I still like the story part of that because you can still be mm-hmm. interesting. Because I for a second there I thought like, oh, I guess Mikey's not doing Bliss Cross. Uh, I'm interested to see where it's going. And then you flip, you know, you got me. You worked me. So I think that was mm-hmm. successful. Thank you. I, I appreciate. I, I appreciate that. But yeah, that's that's kind of what I was going for. Like the little bit of a. A little bit of a swerve of being like, nope, they're not out of it just yet, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we have uh, King Corbin taking on Dominic Mysterio, uh, and during this match, uh, Corbin is really aggressive and he looks really, really angry. Uh, and he hits and he ends up uh, hitting Dominic Mysterio with all of his fi- with his finishers multiple times. Uh, but instead of pinning Dominic, he he gets on top of him and just starts like laying shots into him. Uh, until the ref finally has to call it, uh, oh, call geez. it a, a TKO on on the part of uh, King Corbin. Ref and, stoppage. And, uh, King Corbin gets the victory over Dominic Mysterio, and once the ref stops the match, Rey Mysterio, of course, runs out to to protect his son. Wow! Cannot referee stoppage. King Corbin becoming born yeah. again hardcore. What uh, I feel like constantly gets overlooked in terms of King Corbin is the fact that he is a Golden Gloves boxer. So like he can he can throw some shots, man. You know. Yeah, you need we need to present the idea that like King Corbin is a good fighter, not just like yeah. a chicken shit healy kind of guy. Like yeah, like like he like he like he used to be a really good boxer. So like he can hold his own, and I think I think it's more I think it's time to get to to show that side of Corbin mm-hmm. uh, more and be like yeah, look he can fight, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. And that's interesting. I, You know, the idea of King Corbin's the guy like, oh, don't forget that he can fight. Yeah, like, it, they can't, they con- I feel like on, in regular WWE programming, they constantly flaunt, like, he, I feel like, I like I've, I've heard them constantly, like, flaunt the fact that he's a Golden Gloves boxer and the fact that he used to, like, ha- like he used to be that, but never actually put it into play yeah. at all. yeah. I uh, never actually show him just like beating the piss out of people. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I like that. I like that a lot, Mikey, and that makes me uh very uh, interested about what would be potentially next for King Corbin. I have ideas of where you could be going. I guess we'll see. Hmm. I guess we'll see. Uh, after that, we have a backstage segment. We have Roger Strong, Sheamus, and Thatcher all having like a, a they're all hanging out backstage having a talk when Dave Mastiff walks up to the group of them. He steps up to Roderick Strong, nods at Seamus and Thatcher, and Mastiff says, So Strong, I'm surprised. The past few weeks, I took on your boys over here, but you haven't come knocking yet. I've been expecting a challenge from you for a while now. Uh, Strong laughs, and he says, Mastiff, don't you worry. I have my eyes on that title of yours. That's no secret. But I think I'd rather challenge you on my own terms. Do it when I'm ready, not when you're fully expecting it. Where would the fun in that be? Uh, Mastiff chuckles and says, fine, fine. But don't expect me to just wait around for you in the meantime. There's someone who actually challenged me tonight, and he happens to be an old friend of yours. And I'm not just going to turn him down. Strong says, Mastiff, I couldn't imagine you turning down a challenge from anyone. Just make sure you win tonight, because out of everyone on this roster, I want to be the one to take that title off your shoulder. Mastiff grins as he heads off for his match, which is the main event. Dave Mastiff taking on Adam Cole for the Intercontinental Championship. Oh, there we go. Adam Cole getting a title shot. Mm -hmm. And Dave Mastiff uh, picks up the victory here. But of course, but of course. Mm -hmm. Very intriguing. A lot of interesting stuff happening around the IC title picture. Another open challenge uh, from the Intercontinental Champion Dave Mastiff. Hmm, very, I'm intrigued, I am, there is some intrigue building for me, uh, surrounding the IC title. 
I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm interested. I'm. In, I'm getting there. And I'm getting interested. If that, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad you're getting interested because I think that was the idea. <laughs> How dare you bury my comment like that? Getting, uh, getting, getting people to be interested in the the intercontinental title scene again and being and being uh, being able to be like, hey, there's there's multiple directions this can go. You know, uh, from from these open challenges. Well, it's that thing of I, I've spoken in the past how, how I how I've noted that you do the open challenge for the IC title a lot, um, which you know that's a fair, that's a solid booking move. But the thing is, with, with that is like as you sort of noticed, as you sort of talked about last week, that it's because of that because you're a fighting champion. What, how do you build a story around that other than open challenges? And I think mm-hmm. you're starting to do, build that. You know, the, the the thing with that is, like, the best thing you could do then is to build up other people to be that open challengers. So the mm-hmm. story is more so who the challenge is going to be other than the challenge itself. And I think you're starting to do that. You got Roderick Strong. Uh, you can you can argue you have um, Humberto Carrillo is arguable. You're starting to build him up. You know, he can be arguable. I would argue King Corbin. Um, you're, you're starting to build that up. You can go easily through the rest of Undisputed Era as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got some stuff in there. Also, uh, yeah, I actually wanted to make a point. Speaking of the rest of Undisputed Era, I wanted to make it a point that I forgot to say uh, before. But Adam Adam Cole comes out alone for this Intercontinental Title match. Actually, hmm, that's weird, huh? Okay, interesting, interesting processing, interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. No. Bobby Fish or uh, Kyle O'Reilly to back him up this time. Is that just sort of like a red herring thing? He's coming out alone, or is that something I should clog, clock, not clog? Uh, he holds. His, he shrugs his shoulders and raises his hands. Okay. Guess well, we'll then, see. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see then. Well, there we go. Uh, that is Raw and SmackDown. Uh, thank you, Mikey. I thought that was a fo- solid card. Um, like Thank I said, you. I was very happy with it when I was done. Yeah, I think that's a really solid card. I, I enjoyed a lot of the things in there. I like the Sami Zayn promo. I like the, uh, you know, build. I like the Charlotte Flair Bliss Cross sort of thing there. I thought Street Profits had a solid promo. I, there's some stuff in there that I really enjoyed. I really liked it. Cool, cool. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. Well, without further ado, folks, that is that. So, uh, what you can do now is you can head on over to Twitter <laughs> at CountoutPod. That is. Twitter.com forward slash countoutpod at countoutpod on Twitter. Do I need to plug it even more? Uh, at I, I think you're good. Uh, it's, if you need to remember, it's, it's at countoutpod. Um, so go head over there, and on the pinned tweet at the top of our profile page, you'll be able to see that there is a poll where you can vote on who had a better card. Was it Raw? Was it SmackDown? Uh, you would let us know, and the loser will get hit with the dreaded randomizer, a list of 40 options that can really screw up our cards that are here today, and uh, that can hurt us, especially in the polls as well. So, Mikey, uh, I think with that further ado, let's get to it. Let's figure out who the winners and losers are. Yeah, let's jump right on in. Okay, and the winner of the poll, the last, the episode 28 poll, the Better Booker Award goes to... Mikey Manfredi for SmackDown Live. Hey, all right. Coming back from last week's loss. Yeah, don't like it that much. Uh, that's uh, 13 wins for SmackDown, 9 for Raw this season, 6 ties. Uh, you're still winning. I do think part of this has to be that Raw sucks in real life and SmackDown's good, uh, allegedly. <laughs> uh, and I think that's part of it, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to take this victory away from you, Mikey. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure, listen, uh, you 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 put a you, you made me worried last week. I will say when when you uh you had kind of a blowout victory, uh it made me a little nervous. So I had to come back with a good card this week. Maybe maybe that's that's what happened with the poll last week. Is that I got buried because no one everyone was like money in the bank is in the next pay per view. That's <laughs> hell in a cell. You idiot! Why are you booking the wrong thing? Well, hopefully I mean, you liked we, it. We alluded to that in the description of the episode. Maybe they hated me playing that music over and over again. <laughs> no, what? That couldn't be it. <laughs> you have you have so many bot accounts that are just voting for SmackDown because it's like, <laughs> fuck that music. Ah, oh, jeez. Okay, well, Mikey, uh, tell me, what do I have to do now because I am the big old loser? Well, right now, Ryan, what you have to do is uh, take the randomizer hit 
Uh, and while I'm rolling, why don't you explain to the maybe newer fans what the randomizer is? It's a list of 40-plus options that basically... Uh, I sort of already explained it, that it was like uh, options of what can screw up your... There's injuries and whatnot. There's Vince McMahon changing his mind. There's gimmick matches that you have to do on the spot. Title changes, whatnot. Uh, there's a bunch of different options here, but uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what we got. Ryan, this one is quite the spicy meatball. Oh. Quite the spicy meatball indeed, because in this one... Yes. You must have mm-hmm. a title change. A title change, you say? A title change. A, a title. title must change hands on the show. That sucks. Okay. Hmm. I mean, you did reintroduce the 24-7 last week. I did. I did there's do always, that. There's always that emergency exit button. I did do that. Okay, there's always the emergency exit button of the 24-7 title changing hands. Okay. Because technically a title does change hands on your show. But there is other options. Consider consider what you got. Do I put the wins tag team titles on Rose and Brooke? Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, 24-7 title change. What What's, what's going to happen here? So who's the champion? R-Truth is the champion? Um, <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, of course. When is he not? Um... Let's see. Oh, easy, easy, easy. Here we go. So we got backstage. I'm going to write this down as I'm speaking. Free throw, free, free. Oh, my God. Free throwing ideas. Here we go. Backstage, our truth. Uh, Our truth is peering around every corner. He, you know, he looks around a corner. uh, And... Nice, Otis, etc. are running after him. Unbeknownst, unbeknownst, unbeknownst to him from behind a new Raw superstar Titus O'Neil rolls <gasps> him up and wins the 24-7 title. Ryan, you know what this means? What does this mean, it's, Mikey? It means it's official. It's Titles O'Neil, baby. Oh, 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 Titles O'Neil is here. Titus O'Neil, your new twenty four seven champion. That's right. Uh, it's a cop out, maybe, but I'm giving Titus O'Neil the title shot he rightfully deserves and the title he rightfully <laughs> deserves. I don't even care if it's maybe a cop out because now we got officially Titles O'Neil. Titles O'Neal, baby. We've been pitching him for weeks, for months, practically, and, and he's he's upon us. He's upon us. Or we, it's it's the Pandora's box. Is Titles O'Neal? Titles uh, o- Titles O'Neal is one one box we finally opened. Now there's just one more uh, in waiting. Exactly right. Exactly right. Well, there we go. There we go. How how how's them apples, Mikey? I'm into it. I'm into it. Uh, I mean. Like, 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 it, it's technically correct. A title did change hands on Raw, mm-hmm. uh, and you did it. Yeah. <laughs> so the randomizer has been fulfilled. Uh, the gods have been pleased this time. Uh, so let's see. Uh, let's see if that if that uh, gets people to vote for your show now that a twenty four seven title picture uh, is happening. Yeah, baby. Uh, <laughs> the titles O'Neil's here. Let's see if people get more into Raw. Yes, yes, yes. Let's see what happens. Uh, okay, well, uh, there we go, folks. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of Hit the Books. Like always, uh, follow us on Twitter at CountOutPod on Twitter, and there, all week lo- weekend long, you can vote on who had the better card, who had the better show, who booked the better show. Was it me with Raw? Was it Mikey for SmackDown? Let us know by voting in on the poll on Twitter at our profile page at CountOutPod. Mikey, anything to plug? Uh, yeah, go check out Independent Waters every Wednesday here on the CountOut Network, where me and Zach to take you through the independent wrestling scene and bring uh, back matches for you to check out uh, while we review them. Uh, we really like doing the show and we really love uh, finding new indie wrestlers and new indie matches to watch uh, from like smaller channels. Uh, it's one of our favorite things. So go check out that show if you're into indie wrestling in any capacity, because I think whether you're getting into it, just, whether you're just getting into it or whether you're an enfranchised fan, I think it's a show that you're, you'll enjoy. Yes, again, Independent Waters with Mikey and Zach. Great show. Go check that out, along with the rest of our shows on the Countdown Network. How to Talk to Your Friend About Wrestling, Your Dose of Death, G1 and Only, Independent Waters, all that jazz. 
um, go check that out, folks. Uh, like I said, you can also check out my show, G1 and Only, uh, talking about New Japan, people who have only competed in the G1 Climax only once, sort of a history show about New Japan a little bit. I know New Japan is down in the dirt right now, uh, which is very disappointing to see, but, you know, COVID hit them hard, Mikey, COVID hit them hard. What are you, what are you gonna do? Um, oh boy. Um, oh boy. Uh, I hope there's not new, I hope there's not more drama by the time this episode comes out. Oh Yeah. Um, but by the time this episode comes out, there should you know be... the re- you you know the wrestling world, Ryan. Oh yeah, it's full of full of that. By the time this episode comes out, there should be a new episode all about a uh, sumo wrestler turned pro wrestler Ake Bono, uh, Mikey. Ooh. Yes, he's like six foot eight, five hundred pounds. Uh, re- uh, pro wrestler for New Japan, the G One Climax. Um, mm-hmm. for for wrestling WWE fans, you may remember him from WrestleMania 21 uh, when he competed there. Uh, I'll let you look up that match. Um, okay. But yes, uh, go check that out. You can follow me at Ryan Knights. You can follow Mikey at MikeyM113. Right, Mikey? 133. 133. What did I say? 113. So 13. Okay, whatever. It's same- one, it's, my Twitter is MikeyM133. M133. What's, what, what's the M133, Mikey? Uh, I wanted to do Mikey M13, but that was taken, so I added an extra three. Checks out, checks out. Uh, <laughs> that's thank- it. <laughs> that, that's it. Uh, again, thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode of Hit the Books. We'll be back all next week with an all brand new episode. We can't wait for you to hear it. Uh, until then, we've got two words for you. Book it. This has been a Count Out Podcast.